Three, two, one. Welcome to Long Run Radio. Let's run. Hi, runners. Welcome to New York Roadrunners Coaching Lab Long Run Radio. I'm Coach Daphne. And I'm Coach Josh. If you haven't started your run yet, go ahead and start your watch. We will be with you for the next 60 minutes. Coaches here at Long Run Radio, as always, are your TCS New York City Marathon Long Run Companions. Each week, we discuss topics specific to your long run. We provide training education, we talk motivation, and we finish with some of our favorite marathon moments as coaches, athletes, and fans of this historic New York City Marathon. Every 15 minutes, we'll check in physically and mentally, to keep you on track for your long run. And today we are focusing on the taper. Mm, And if you don't know what that is, taper town. Ooh, yeah. Um, We are going to taper town. So if you don't know what we're talking about, you will be an expert by the end of this hour. Um, And if you think you know the taper, pay attention. We have probably got some tips that you hadn't thought about or you hadn't tried So uh, lots to talk about. We are going all taper today. So to kick it off, we have our first check-in. Here you are. You made it. Again, congratulations to the start of your long run. And at the start of your long run, I want you to take a few minutes to reflect on where you were when you started your marathon training journey. And think about how far you've come since then. Marathon training is a process. And here's the good news. Most of that process is behind you. Yes, the marathon is still in front of you. But all of that training counts. That is part of your journey. And you've done a lot of it. So again, Give yourselves a pat on the back for making it to the start of your long run and also for all the training you've already done to get to this point. All right, Coach Daphne, let's get into the taper. Yeah, taper town, population me right now. And pretty soon, everybody listening to this podcast who is training for the TCS New York City Marathon. Can you remind Um, us what you're tapering for again? I'm tapering for the Boston Marathon. Ooh. Which will have already run by the time folks are are hearing this episode, but it's so exciting. It's a few days away for you. Yes. And so that means, um, well, for people who don't know, let's get into what is a taper. Um, The taper is the period right before your goal race. Um, when you dial back your training a little bit. And um, for a lot of people, uh, whether you're experienced or whether this is your first marathon, this is often kind of like a a tricky time because um, the taper allows this, you know, short break from the intense training. It really allows the training to kind of soak in Um, to your muscles, to your bones, to your heart and your lungs, all of the important parts of you. And it's also a time to really, really concentrate on rest and on eating the most nutritious meals you possibly can and um, to not freak out about things, which is easier said than done, isn't it, Coach (laughs) Josh? Yes, oh, yes. Well, we'll give you some tips for that today. Yeah. Um, it is, uh, it's really important to trust the taper. Lots of people um, feel like, oh, God, I'm losing all my fitness. Mm-hmm. I haven't done a 20-mile long run in six days. <laughs> I promise, I promise you're not losing all your fitness. And in fact, if you were to do another 20-mile long run a week mm-hmm. out from the race, it would hurt your race much more than help it, wouldn't it, Mm -hmm. Coach Josh? Absolutely, yes. Yeah. Um, So uh, it's important to lean into it and um, 
get as much sleep as you can. Start focusing on hydrating. Um, and for me, I don't know about you, Coach Josh, but uh, for me, it's a nice time to reassure myself by looking back at all of the hard work that I have done. Mm, Um, So I, speaking of 20 mile long runs, I did two of them in this training cycle. And just yesterday I looked back at my Strava data and found that I ran the exact same course for both of those 20 mile long runs and two weeks apart, I ran the second one seven minutes faster than the first one. That's so amazing. That's, that's got to be a good sign, right? Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah. You went further um, and it, tough, you know, and, and two weeks, that's, I mean, that's shorter than probably your taper. Uh, so that's, I mean, that's an amazing improvement in two weeks and you might see even more improvement over, uh, you know, maybe a three week taper if, if that's, Let, yeah, let's hope. Um, and I think, uh, I think a big reason that there was that improvement was that I did not run another 20 miles in between those two miles. I backed off in between and my long run in the middle there was, uh, I think I ran 14 or 15. Mm -hmm. And, um, for those of you training for your first marathon, remember, Way back when you started, when 14 miles might as well have been from here to Pittsburgh. <laughs> and now you're like, oh, it was only 14. No big deal. That's right. Distance uh, distance shrinks. It over, does. It uh, does. Over the course of as fitness training. grows. Yes. <laughs> and so uh, your training plan, whichever training plan all of you uh, out there in the podcast ether are following, um, your training plan has a taper baked into it. Mm-hmm. And it, uh, it can feel like a leap of faith, but know that all of the best athletes in the world go into the race fully, fully tapered. Mm-hmm. Um, they know that you cannot gain any extra fitness from doing a really, really long, hard, grindy workout mm-hmm. close to the race. The best thing to do is to take a load off. And uh, if you follow any professional athletes on social media, you will see the Saturday, Saturday, November 6th, the day before the TCS New York City Marathon, I guarantee you, you will see a whole lot of pictures of elevated feet in hotel mm-hmm. rooms. Mm-hmm. Yep. So that's, uh, that's what happens on the last day of your taper. Um, people often ask, how long should your taper be? And the answer is... That depends entirely on you and, um, and a whole host of variables, um, like what's gone into your training and how many of those big, long 20 mile runs have you done? How old are you? Coach Josh is a kid. He probably gets two weeks. (laughs) We'll see. I, I do, I, I do, I do like a two week taper. Um, but yes, it's so individualized. That's true. So that doesn't um, no. mean necessarily, even though you're um, you're not doing a 20-mile long run, um, at the same time, you have, you, you know, you're so fit and you feel all of this fitness coursing through you. I, I hope everyone is feeling that now. Uh, are you starting to feel that, Coach Josh? Like, oh, yeah, I am good at this. I remember that now. Well, my, my training has been rockier than I think I would have expected some unexpected, uh, you know, I would say pandemic year, uh, you know, pitfalls here and there, um, or not pitfalls, but just, you know, hurdles to jump over. So Mm -hmm. yeah, I think my experience has been a little bit different than I normally have had, but I, I, I definitely look for this period and I, and I see this in the runners I coach. Um, you know, for those doing New York, we're in week 
uh, three before the marathon, um, certainly pieces are coming together and it's, and, and it's an exciting moment where like the fitness is still really high or of course your fitness is going to stay high, but, but the intensity is high. You're, you're, you're doing these really long runs. You're sort of reaching your peak long run and it's right before the taper, um, where you know that rest and recovery that we're talking about is coming. So yeah, I think it's like one of the high, high points of the, uh, training season usually as far as like excitement, energy, motivation, and, and like enjoying the training. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And so that means, you know, when you're doing your much, much shorter, um, workouts in the couple of weeks leading up to the race, um, that it's okay. You know, it's, I, it's natural and I hope it happens for all of you to feel, you know, kind of frisky. Mm-hmm. Um, if you've ever watched, you know, the Kentucky Derby and they're getting those phenomenal four-legged thoroughbred athletes into the starting gate and the horses don't really want to get in that tiny little space because <laughs> they're feeling frisky. Um, so think of that. Um, it's totally okay to throw in a few, you know, 50 meter strides into your Mm. four mile run and burn off a little bit of that nervous energy. Um, but I would not say that this is a good time to go out and, oh, say hammer 20 times 800, right? Coach Josh. Exactly. Exactly. Small bursts of intensity as opposed to like a full long speed workout that you would be doing prior to your taper. Exactly. Exactly. So holy smokes, look at us here at uh, just about um, to the 15 minute mark. Almost. I, can I just add one, one more, oh, yeah. sort of an analogy almost to what you were saying. And, and I love the way you put it about um, sort of like, you're not, as, as you said, you're not um, helping your training by, you know, doing a 20 miler in the three weeks before, you know, each week in the three weeks before your marathon. And I, I mean, one, one way to think about it is for all the cooks out there, you know, if you've ever sharpened a chef's knife, right, we do like uh-huh. our big coarse grinding, right? We're, we're actually shaving off part of the knife. We're shaving away part of the metal. So we're doing these big coarse uh, grinds. And as we get closer and closer to the the fine point that we want, the sharpest point that we want, we go, we get a finer and finer um, grind. And so we're, we're getting more and more careful, more and more delicate. We're not going to keep shaving off more and more metal or else we're really never going to be able to get the sharpest point possible. And so I think of it this way, like I think of it that way, right? So if we just keep on hammering and grinding down on our training all the way up to the marathon, we're going to be exhausted and we won't have gotten that sharpest point um, that we're, that we're capable of, that all of our training has prepared us for. That is so true, Coach Josh. And it, um, it reminds me of one of, uh, one of the most excellent inspirational stories from, to come out of the Tokyo Olympics. Um, and, and I hope that, uh, all of, all of you out there in podcast land got to see this race when it happened. Um, when Sydney McLaughlin and Delilah Muhammad had their showdown in the 400 meter hurdles and mm. they are famously fierce rivals, but also close friends. Because I mean, if you think about it, like all the people in the world who are that good at that race, <laughs> you can count on like barely even both hands. Right. That's right. And uh, so they, they famously said after the race, after uh, Sydney McLaughlin just edged Lila Muhammad, breaking the world record in the process, she said, steel sharpens steel. I all love of, that. Right? All of yes. those competitors out there, all of the 35,000 people out there with you on the course in the TCS New York City Marathon yeah, sure. You're competing against each other, but you're all making each other better. Exactly. Yep. That That's beautiful. I love that. Steel sharpens steel. Yeah. 
like all of these, uh, all of these honed, uh, chef's knives are all going to line up on the starting line <laughs> together and all, uh, all make each other, uh, better. Oh, that's such a great, uh, image. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, that's precisely what the taper does is, um, it takes, it takes all of this huge, vast bulk of the training that you've done over weeks and months um, of the summer, and it sharpens it down to the fine point that you are going to use on race day. Mm-hmm. Um, an analogy that I often like to use, we've, uh, we've used the car analogy a lot mm-hmm. um, in terms of training, but um, I, I like the, uh, the bank analogy. The bank, all summer long, as you've been doing these long workouts, you've been making deposits at mm-hmm. the bank of the marathon and they have all gone into your fitness account. And when you cross the starting line, you start to take withdrawals mm-hmm. from the bank of marathon. And, um, as we keep saying, when we remind you not to go out too fast, don't go out too fast. <laughs> The Bank of Marathon charges hefty, hefty fees if you yes. overdraw your account, doesn't it? Oh, yes, it does. Yep. Yeah. You will feel it. Um, but that's that's why you're tapering. It's uh, You're resting up so that uh, you'll be calm and ready. That's right. On the big day. I love it. Yeah. All right. So here we are, 15 minutes into your long run. Let's uh, let's do another self check in. All summer long, um, you have been making those deposits in the Bank of Marathon, and uh, take a minute here on the long run because it gives you such you, you've got uh, you've got some miles ahead, some minutes, maybe some hours ahead. Um, it gives you. a a nice moment for some introspection and um, take a minute um, as I was just saying to reflect on how far you've come think back to the time when it was it just seemed like an impossible challenge to run 10 miles and how many times have you run 10 miles throughout this whole process you've uh, you have done so much amazing work and I'm sure that sometimes it has been hard and grueling and challenging but I hope that it has also been rewarding and I most especially hope that it all comes together and starts to pay off for you on Sunday November 7th so keep that in mind and uh, give yourself a little pat on the back pretend that you are a spectator who is uh reading your name off your shirt and hollering, go coach Josh. Have a great long run. So coach Josh, yes. What, uh, what are your thoughts on, on tapering? Well, you, I mean, you, you gave such an awesome summary of, um, a lot of the benefits of, of the rest. Um, I think that, um, and, and also sort of how, uh, I guess, I guess a, a broader framework, right. Of why this happens and also acknowledging that the, the top runners do this, right. So like we talk about, um, trusting the process and, and of course we don't do the same training that elite athletes do, but we do follow similar principles because they're proven to work. These top athletes, they, they reduce, uh, their volume. So that means the amount that they're running, um, in the, again, the, it varies, but few weeks before the marathon. Um, so they're doing less work, which means less easy work and less hard work overall, okay. which it doesn't mean they stop running. Of course they continue running, but they have more time to rest and recover. Um, and we're we're just going to throw some more analogies at you because uh, mm-hmm. you know hopefully we're full, hope, of them. <laughs> we're full of them. Hopefully that connects for you. Um, 
one analogy that we like to use is that uh, running and, and running a marathon is not like taking a test. And I'm going to get more into the, the, the test-taking analogy, but um, you can't cram for a marathon, right? It is you can't. so, so true. You cannot. <laughs> it just doesn't work, right? You can't. Um, I mean, certainly you can't do a 20 miler two days before the marathon and expect to be recovered. But, um, but it really, it, it works even on a, a longer time scale than that. You know, the one to two to three weeks, you, you have to be careful about the type of work that you, you do in that time frame because that work is stress. That 20 miler you're doing whenever you do it, it's stress on the body. Um, so why do we do it if it's stressful? Well, there's benefits. Coach Daphne, such a great analogy, deposit in the bank, right? So that, that training that you do, that stress um, from the 20 miler will result in an increase in your, let's say it's a savings account, okay? So it's, mm-hmm. it's a deposit in your savings account. Um, there's probably, you know, for 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 those who know uh, the financial world better, there's probably some other product we could be talking about. But the key <laughs> thing to remember is that you can't, if you you can't withdraw it right away. Does that make sense? It takes some time for it to mature. So that 20 mile run, it's going to pay off eventually. But in the immediate uh, you know, moment after you run and for a few days afterwards, maybe even up to a week afterwards, it's actually probably a net negative on you. And I don't want to, I don't want to like scare anyone, but it's like you have stressed your body, right? And so it mm-hmm. takes you time to recover. Um, so what that means is that um, we want to limit the stressful things that we do before the marathon, a few weeks before, so that by the time the marathon comes around, now you can actually, all of that training has matured. All of your deposits in the bank have matured and you can withdraw the full amount. That is exactly the way it works. And it is why, by the way, if you um, if you are following um, any pro athlete, any pro distance runners on social media, you will note that, um, they generally only run two marathons a year Mm. because they need to give themselves, you know, some time to build back up. It's a big, long buildup. Mm -hmm. And then there is the race and then they take a break and the break is really important for the rebuilding. That's right. Absolutely. Right. Yes. Yes. So, so you're, you're sort of simulating that, um, in a way, or, or you're doing that, but in a, in a different way, when you do your taper, um, mm-hmm. you're taking that break, even though you're still moving and that's really important. And we're going to talk more about that. You're not stopping completely, right? You're not stopping the train. The train is going to keep moving. Ooh, another analogy for you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we don't want to shut down the engine. We're going to, we are going to keep moving. Um, and so again, trust your training plan because um, your training plan will account for the taper. Um, but there's some other ideas as well for continuing to move in ways that are less stressful um, for the body. So of course, easy runs, which are already part of your training plan, but also walking. Walking is a great way to keep things moving, right? Keep the blood moving um, with very, very low stress on the body. Do you take, have you been, do do you approach the taper in that way where you like shift to more walking or uh, more stretching? I really try to, um, I'm, well, I'm, I'm a weirdo. (laughs) Um, (laughs) as you know quite well, Coach Josh. Um, what I try to mainly do is dial back my volume mm-hmm. in a big, big way. So um, my peak training weeks for this cycle have been 60 miles. Mm-hmm. Like maybe I had a 62, but 60 has been about 
about up as far as I've gotten. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this week leading into the race, I am at like 24 miles now. Mm-hmm. And so it's been a big reduction in volume. I have thrown in um, some little strides, but I did not do a big long run last weekend. I think I ran seven or eight miles on Saturday and mm-hmm. that, that felt like plenty. Yeah. Right. Good. Yeah. I mean, that's such a great example. Right. And, and, um, I think easy to imagine it's like, Oh, only running seven miles, right. In the middle of your training cycle, um, you know, eight weeks out, it's like, Oh no, I can't only run seven miles as my long run. But, but for you in this moment, it feels, it feels like the right amount and it feels enough. Is that, is that right? It, It does. It does. And I also will say that, um, I, um, I like to run a tune up race, Mm. um, right before I start my taper. And, um, it is, if you can find one in your area, um, 10 K is plenty. If you can find a half marathon, that's great. I ran the Bronx 10 mile. Mm, Great race. And, oh, such fun. And it was such a beautiful day and everybody was out. It was, it was like 2019 all over again. It was so awesome. It was. Yeah. And, um, part of what, part of the reason that I like to do that, um, number one, that was for me, that was the first time I had pinned on a number since March of 2020. And I felt like, yeah, I probably want to see if I remember how to do this before I go <laughs> run the Boston Marathon. Yeah, use those um, pins. They're a little tricky. You got to squeeze them yes. in the right place. Yeah, Exactly. <laughs> but um, but it was just so nice to have that race day energy and like mm. to really, really dial in and focus on the miles I was in. And um, I wanted to run a good hard effort. I was not planning on chasing a 10 mile PR and that didn't happen. And that was Mm -hmm. fine with me, but, Mm -hmm. um, I had a really, really solid run. And then spoiler alert, I was really sore. (laughs) 10 miles is a long way to run hard. Mm -hmm. And so I have really been enjoying having, um, a lot less running on my plate. And I really am feeling as though the rest is starting to sink into my legs and, I keep telling myself this, it's working, it's working. <laughs> oh yeah. I love that. So, so a hard effort would, you know, if you can find a race, great. If not any sort of longer, hard effort. And then the recovery that you do from that actually is like the kickoff to your taper. Exactly. That's awesome. And, and I, I, I also just wanted to pick up on something you mentioned, which is like, telling yourself that it's working. And that is so important. We talk about thoughts and your mindset, um, I think probably almost every episode. Um, And I think that it's especially important in the taper because, um, I don't know, I've found as a coach and, and as a runner as well that the experience of the taper really really varies, um, you know, person to person mm-hmm. and, and marathon to marathon. Um, some will, some runners love the taper and feel really great with the extra rest and the, the, uh, lower amount of running. Um, others feel, I would say maybe anxious or, you know, I think you said frisky, uh, jittery, um, right. There's like, there's all this extra energy, um, that they're feeling that they, they're not releasing. Um, but I think also potentially anxiety from thinking that, uh, their, their training is, you know, going out the window, um, or they're losing fitness. Um, so I guess there's a lot there to unpack. And, and just one tip I would have is that, um, to say that it's possible to not feel great for your taper and to feel these jittery, frisky, maybe anxious or, or even sluggish feelings, but to still have an incredible race. Um, you know, we, we, all of the things about race day are still true. The adrenaline, you will be rested no matter how you feel um, during your taper. Um, so all of those things come into play. Um, and so even if you, the experience of your taper doesn't feel great, 
it doesn't necessarily have any bearing on your actual race. Amen, Coach Josh. That is very wise. So with that, I know we've got more tips and stories ahead, but we are at the 30-minute mark, halfway through Mm-hmm. this hour of your long run. You've probably got more than an hour planned this week. Halfway through, uh, or I should say 30 minutes in, that's awesome. Way to go. Keep it up. And we were just talking about thoughts. Um, and I'm sure as you uh, realize by now, um, when it comes to running, our thoughts have a lot of power Um, But we also have the power to change the thoughts that aren't helping us. Um, And so, as an example, you might be feeling tired right now. But if you are feeling tired or some other kind of feeling or thought that's not really uh, helping you on your run, you can just accept that, try to accept it, and just move on and think about something else. Focus on your posture. Focus on your running form. Um, Focus on when you're going to take your next um, piece of fuel or hydration. Um, And just by making that shift right now, you'll help yourself to continue on with your long run. And that's something you can practice every single day from here on right through the end of your marathon. All right. So there's another tip for you to put into practice right now. Uh, you're, you're processing so much information and you're doing an incredible job. Uh, use what helps you and carry on. All right, yeah. Coach Daphne, we have got, uh, we've got some stories, I think. More yes. stories. Yes, yes. So um, we have talked a little bit about the physiological aspects of tapering and how um, the stress that you put on your muscles, your heart, your lungs, all of those systems um, takes a minute for that um, for that stress to turn into strength, right? And that's mm-hmm. that's why we do this. Um, and along with that, um, it is very very common for people to even really experience seasoned marathoners to experience some kind of weird mental stress. Have you have you ever had the taper crazies, Coach Josh? Yes, definitely. <laughs> and they can manifest in a whole host of ways. Um, yeah. one, of, uh, one of my most common symptoms is obsessively looking at the weather. Mm. Um, and starting, in- starting how far out? Oh, you know, a month out. I'll start looking at almanacs. Like this has been, this has been the average temperature for the past 60 years on this day. I love it. Um, So in, uh, in the days leading up to the 2019 Boston Marathon, um, which was coming hard on the heels of the 2018 Boston Marathon, which was famously terrible weather. It, it was raining sideways except for occasional <laughs> bouts of snow <laughs> it, it was, was brutal. just awful i wasn't was out there so but it, lo- it looked brutal i i was spectating which was Oof. extra unpleasant um so leading up to 2019 it looked um it looked crazy it was rain it was hot it was cold it was more rain <laughs> and <laughs> So I, with, oh, about nine days to go, went on Amazon and went on a jacket buying frenzy. (laughs) I bought like four different jackets of various weights and that could be packed up really tiny to fit in a pocket. (laughs) And um, spoiler alert, I wore none of them on race day. (laughs) You tested them all though. Jackets are tough. Yeah, you really have to – it's hard to find a good running jacket. Yeah, yeah. And um, with the noteworthy exception of Boston 2018, you don't want to run a marathon in a jacket. Nobody wants to run a marathon in a jacket. No. (laughs) Um, Another thing that happens frequently and has happened to me is um, a phantom injury 
Oof. Have you ever had one of those, yes, Coach Josh? I have. Yes. Oh, they're the Where, worst. Like your whole training cycle has been perfect, and then all of a sudden, oh my God, I broke my hip. <laughs> and I promise, you almost certainly did not break your hip. I um, <laughs> I finished a twenty mile training run once. My last twenty mile training run before one of my Chicago marathons and it had gone really well and the whole training cycle had been amazing and I was feeling so strong and really excited and I went home for one of my favorite things the post long run shower Mm, yep and post post long run shower I was blow drying my hair the exact same way that I have blow dried my hair every single day of my life for more than three decades now. And some weird thing in my back went ping. And I had this like nearly blinding pain and burst into tears and spent the next 90 minutes sobbing on the phone to my coach. I can't do this. It's all over. And, he, being a very experienced coach, he talked me off the ledge. He said, there's nothing the matter with your back. Mm-hmm. You're going to be fine. You're going to taper. You're going to rest. And you're going to run a great race. And that was, in fact, exactly what happened. There was nothing the matter with my back. Mm. It was just a weird thing that happens sometimes, badly mm. timed. Right. So so you, you had, you, you like, something happened in your back, and it felt like a lot of stuff. And then... So you didn't imagine that it happened, but then you it, it sort of became a bigger story. Is that mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And um, I have done things like convinced myself that, uh, well, my coffee table that I'm looking at right now as I'm talking to you, Coach Josh, which has been in the same place in my living room for I don't know how long. Why is it that in the weeks leading up to a marathon, I can't seem to stop kicking it? <laughs> It's not a soccer ball. No, no. And uh, my my toes are. Um, I I should maybe wrap them in bubble wrap. Put a bumper on the coffee table. There you go. Yeah, bumper bully. Yeah. Um, yeah. Right. So 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 what's happening here? It's like your 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 mind is taking over. You are getting way too far up in your head, yeah. and you are overthinking it. And, um, you're freaking yourself out. So I have, um, I have practiced some mindfulness meditation techniques. Mm -hmm. And then I have also experienced the pendulum swinging exactly the opposite direction where I'm like, why am I so calm about this? I should be more nervous. It's Mm. wrong that I'm so calm about this. (laughs) (laughs) Freaking out over freaking out, which is super meta. But these things happen when we're tapering, right, Coach Josh? They do. They do. Yeah. So has this been happening to you in your current taper? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I have been counteracting it by doing things like um, one of my most favorite, favorite parts of any kind of taking a trip, whether it is to run a marathon or to sit on a beach someplace, is um, thinking about all the parts of the trip and all the things that I might do and restaurants I might go to, events I might attend. And I um, I love making lists. Ooh, so yes. I've been making lists of all of the pieces of running gear that I might mm-hmm. possibly need including four different unworn jackets <laughs> that all fit in your pocket. Yes. That all That's fit in great. my pocket and that I almost certainly will continue to not wear. But <laughs> if I have them, then I won't need them. Right. That's right. Yep. That's how it works. Mm-hmm. Same with like an umbrella. An umbrella mm, yeah. 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 So, so yeah. What were you going to say, coach Josh? Well, so, so I mean, to me, that sounds like you're, you know, you're taking a situation where maybe the things that are not in your control or, or rather like there's a lot of things that are not in your control when it comes to a marathon, right? Or just mm-hmm. life, right? Things happen. But like you making lists is like you 
taking control of what you can control, which is what you pack in your bag and making sure you don't forget anything. And mm-hmm. and it seems like a very concrete thing um, to sort of ward off this, like, uh, all the jittery uh, thoughts from taking over. Exactly. If I've written it down, I can't forget it. And um, another another tip for everyone who is going to be traveling to New York City for the TCX New York City Marathon, um, as you are making your lists, um, I would strongly, strongly advise you to make sure that the most important piece of gear that you need for a marathon day, i.e. your shoes, mm-hmm which you have broken in on one long run and otherwise have been sitting in the box waiting patiently, <laughs> um, pack those in your carry-on. Don't mm-hmm. leave that part to chance. Don't give yourself any unnecessary stress. That's right. That's right. Right, because you know, you're probably going to put on some other stuff for your marathon, and maybe that's going to be in your, you know, in your checked bag. But um, like, you can run a marathon with like your sneakers, and some shorts and a shirt and socks. It's a simple sport, really. It is, you know? And I mean, I feel like that's such a, I love that. It's like, so it's so clarifying in a way. It's like, okay, if all else fails, I have this bag on my back and it has like the three or four things that I need and I am, and I'm good and that's it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It's not, you know, like, your skis don't show up. You can't put those in the overhead compartment. <laughs> right. Right. Yes. Yeah. Back to back to basics. So um, whatever you can do um, to kind of keep the taper crazies in check. Um, first of all, know that it's perfectly normal to feel that way. Um, mm-hmm. You are not a freak at all. <laughs> mm-hmm. And... Um, also, know that um, it's it's temporary, and really, what however the taper crazies manifest themselves, whether it is a phantom injury, whether it is you know freaking out over the weather, all of that really just means that you really care about this, mm-hmm. and it's that you've really poured a lot into it, and um, that's that's that can only be a good thing, right, Coach mm-hmm. Josh? Yeah, no, it's such a it's such a affirming way to think about it. It's like, yeah, this, this, the, all those, all the challenges of, I mean, all the, all the marathon training, but especially of this moment, it's like, yeah, you really care. Like you've invested so much, um, in, in getting to this point. Um, so yeah, like appreciating that and, and it's not always going to be easy. I love, I love how you put that. Yeah. Yeah. If, uh, if it were easy, they would call it something else. Like, I don't know, football. Ha ha ha. I'm kidding. <laughs> the hate mail is going to come in from all the, <laughs> all the footballers out there. Um, yeah, no, I, I think that, I think that is such a great thing to remember. It's like the, the taper crazies really can manifest in any number of ways. And like, you know, any, any weird stuff that comes up, during taper weeks, like you can sort of just ascribe to, to the tapers and be like, it's okay. Yeah. I'm, I, I feel not great, but you know, it's okay. Like, just like coach Daphne said, it's temporary. And it's because I really care about this thing. I I just feel like that's such a great, um, sort of mantra to hold on to. Like, this is temporary. I will get through this. I I've gotten through, how many long runs, right? Think about, think about all it took to get through that. I mean, I, I used that recently um, when I was, uh, I was actually traveling and I wasn't feeling, I was feeling a little motion sick for, I don't know, about six hours. Um, and, and I used that. I was like, I have gotten through long runs. I mean, I don't do six hour long runs, but you know, like I've gotten through some, some tough moments. So use all your training um, and the sort of mental toughness that you've built up. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So here we are just about 45 minutes into your long run. 
and I hope that you are starting to feel all this fitness that you have built. It is such a great feeling when all of those pieces come together um, during a long run. It's such a great confidence booster. So keep in mind um, that today's long run is likely your final dress rehearsal. And we've talked a whole lot about how all of these long runs are practice for the big day and nothing new on race day. Um, so by now you have hopefully dialed in your fueling strategy and you know how often you're going to take fluids and gel and you know which is your favorite pair of socks and you're going to pack those in your carry-on. Um, so take a minute during today's long run to visualize how all those things are going to come together to help you on race day in the TCS New York City Marathon. Um, you might be taking a gel right as you start the climb up the Queensboro Bridge, or maybe you're planning to write your name on your shirt. I have, uh, I have run some great races wearing my name on my shirt. I'm not too proud for that. The pros certainly aren't. They have their names on their bibs. Um, so imagine some total stranger hollering, go coach Josh, as you make your way up First Avenue. You have done the work. Race day is so close, you can practically taste it. So keep going with this long run. You got this. Coach Josh. Yes. What's your What's your taper crazy story? Ooh. You're so mellow. I bet you don't have the taper crazies. Oh, oh, no. If you if only you knew. No, I <laughs> I have taper crazies starting 20 weeks out. So, let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I'm I'm the type of person who over mm, what's the what's the word? You know that the like phantom injuries that you're talking about, I I feel that throughout my training uh, plan. So, you know, weird things that come up. I'm like, oh no, like, oh, do I have this injury? Oh, do I have this? Um, and so, so yeah, I definitely find the taper um, to be to be challenging because that stuff, it sort of is like, it's like it's magnified. Um, you know, I think like, like you're saying, like weird things happen to your back or whatever. It's just like normal part of like, you know, you're being, you're an athlete, so you move a lot. And so weird things happen. And during the tr taper, it's almost like all of those are, are, are highlighted and magnified because you're so focused on feeling great for the marathon. Um, and I think that that is, is sort of one of a few different types of like, um, taper doubts that I see uh, runners that I've coached have and that I have had in the past. Um, I sort of I sort of see it in three different categories. And these are are like doubts that we have um, about whether the taper is the right thing to do or whether we're doing it in the right way. Um, and so ultimately I think there's a there's a, a place of balance um, sort of in the middle um, that we can find. But but let me first explain sort of the three categories. Um, and one is thinking that um, we need to like maybe taper like hardcore um, or, or like longer than our training plan says. So our training plan says three weeks, but I'm going to do four weeks. And like it says to keep running, you know, my normal four or five days a week, but I'm going to actually just run like once or twice a week so that I'm really super rested. Um, for the marathon. And I see this um, uh, with runners who maybe struggle with um, a long run or multiple long runs. And they think like, well, I was just like, I was just tired. I was really tired because of all this training. So I really just need to rest a lot extra right before the marathon. Have you, have you encountered this maybe a version for yourself or runners that you've coached? It's, it's absolutely true. And, um, as much as, uh, as we're telling everyone, um, you know, take this seriously, you do need to rest. It's also possible, um, to be a little over tapered and, um, you know, starting four weeks out there, you could still gain some fitness there. Mm -hmm. And, uh, so you, you want to, 
take advantage of every possible chance you have during a training cycle um, to build fitness um, and know that there is there is a point at which, to go back to the Bank of Marathon analogy, <laughs> the Bank of Marathon no longer accepts deposits. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> right. Right. And, and so, so we've got that, the like, let me, let me do some extra taper. Um, and then sort of a couple versions of, um, let me skip the taper, um, Mm -hmm. or like really minimize the taper. And I think one is, I feel so great. My training has just been getting better and better. Uh, you know, each week I feel fitter. I feel stronger. My runs are getting better. I'm just on this upward trajectory. So let me just keep going right to the marathon start line. And, (laughs) and I think we've probably already explained why we do not advise that, um, all the benefits of that rest and recovery, uh, the honing of your chef's knife. Um, and then the third is, and honestly, I find myself in this situation right now, a little bit of, I did not get all the training in that I wanted. So let me, let me maybe do like the, the minimal taper um, so that I can sort of fit in the training that I missed. Um, and again, uh, for the reasons that, that I think we already went into, even if you haven't had your ideal uh, training, you're, you're going to be doing more harm than good by continuing your full-on training plan all the way up to the start of the marathon. Do you, do you agree with that, Coach Daphne? I absolutely do. Um, and I would advise that, um, you know, if life has gotten in the way, it happens. It has certainly happened to me in more than one marathon training cycle. Mm-hmm. And you feel like you just haven't done enough of uh, either enough long runs or enough quality tempo work, whatever it is that you feel like you're lacking. Um it is much, much wiser to adjust your goals for race day. Absolutely. Maybe you are not going to, um, you know, be a contender with the top <laughs> East Africans up front. <laughs> maybe, maybe this is not the day for that. Maybe next year. So the more <laughs> modest. Yes, yes. Yeah, I, I think that, um, right, that's, that's a great point. Um, uh, is, you know, if you're in that scenario, like I find myself, uh, again, adjusting your goals. Um, but, but at the same time, also embracing the taper for anyone in any three of these situations, I think is so important and going to, going to go back to an earlier analogy of the test taking. You have your final exam, uh, in two days. Um, do you pull two all nighters to try to study as much as possible and have zero sleep before before your exam. Well, if that's, you're me in college, absolutely, one hundred percent of the that's, time. That's one option when you know when our brains are not fully developed. We might we might make that choice, but but science tells us, right? Research tells us that sleep is so important. Again, we're still we're talking about final exams here. Sleep is so important. So. You've studied a little bit, right, throughout the semester. Um, you know, you've done the homework, you've done the assignments, so you have some knowledge in there. Now, those two nights of sleep, they are going to help you consolidate your learning. They're going to help your brain just function properly or at its you know, best level on uh, the day of the test. So between those two choices, um, you know, I think uh, the science would tell us to sleep as much as possible um, because the cramming, it's, you're probably not going to retain it. Um, so uh, let's apply that to the marathon. Um, it's, it's the same thing. We're trying to find that balance point where you are resting up for the test, but you're also not completely shutting down uh, too much, right? You're not shutting the brain and the body down too much. Um, and I guess to use this analogy, it would be like spending two days in bed, just sleeping, right? Like you're in bed, you're, you're sleeping, you're meditating, you're just, you're just, 
you know, you're not thinking about anything else. Um, you're going to get to the test. You're going to be all groggy. Um, you're not going to be thinking clearly. And so we got to find that, that middle ground where we're sharp for the test, um, but we're also rested. And so that's where um, all of our, all of our al- analogies are sort of circling around this. But, but here's the formula that I follow for myself and I suggest that my runners follow, which is you reduce your volume. And again, trust your training plan. But you keep your intensity at a similar level as, as you did during your training, during your regular training. So what does that mean? Your speed work, your tempo workouts, your intervals, the ones that are assigned to you in your training plan, they're going to be shorter, right, in the one, two, and maybe three weeks before your marathon. So follow the training plan, do them, the shorter versions, but keep your intensity level, so that means your effort level, similar to what you were doing throughout the rest of your training plan. I, um, I, I love that. And I actually love to throw in, um, you know, just, uh, just a few strides, like a few 50 yard race pace strides, um, during one of your otherwise easy four or five mile taper runs, because they're such confidence boosters. Um, Mm -hmm. you may, I hope, um, find that, um, they, um, they feel, shockingly easy. Um, Mm -hmm. and it's because you're only doing it, um, for, you know, a little few second burst, but, um, you'll feel like, Oh wow. Yeah. This, this feels positively peppy. (laughs) Yeah, totally. Oh, I love that strides. That's great. That's great. And Mm -hmm. you can pop those in, right? Like you probably won't find those on your training plan, but you could pop those in what I mean, a few times a week, right? Yeah, is that what absolutely. you would do in a taper? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's uh, it's not. It doesn't have to be a super structured thing. Mm-hmm. It um, it can be more of a. And this is another another part of uh, the whole training process, right? Listen to your body, and mm-hmm. uh, you know when you're when you're feeling it, like, oh yeah. Um, and then have your brain step in and say, all right, that, that was a taste. <laughs> now, now we go back to easy pace and, uh, and go home and wrap ourselves in bubble wrap. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Don't kick your, don't kick your table. Um, yes. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Co- you know, a little, little self coaching there of like, mm-hmm. okay, let me pick it up. Oh, okay. That was good. That was good. Now let me back off. Um, And I I guess to tie it back to mindset, sort of the last piece, I think, is just keeping in mind sort of top level, what is the goal of my taper? Yes, it's rest and recovery, right? So I like to prioritize sleep as much as I can, you know, two, three weeks out, right? I mean, you can't, Mm -hmm. sleep is great. Can't really overdo it on sleep, Um, right? So I want to sleep a lot. Um, and I'm going to run less, but I also am keeping in the top of my mind, this is sharpening. This is sharpening. I'm sharpening for the race. So I get to the race as in, in top form. And I think keeping that in mind really, really helps keep the body from like going into full hibernation mode because, um, you are, you are a running machine right now, wherever you are, you know, you're, you're a few weeks out from the marathon, from the marathon. You're a running machine. So if you just stop, you know, and and you put the brakes on and your mind is saying, rest, 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 rest. And that's all you're thinking. Again, you can, you can go overboard and you can do too much resting and, and you might get to the race day sluggish. So, um, so don't do that. Uh, and, and find that middle ground. That's my, that's my summary of my suggestions. I, I like all of those. And, um, I, uh, I'm giggling coach Josh as, uh, we've been talking about the, uh, cramming for the exam analogy. <laughs> now, now you're going to make me have another marathon anxiety nightmare. <laughs> I am, uh, I am oh, no. actually, I'm actually going to pass my alma mater. 
in the Boston Marathon. And if any of my professors are listening, I bet they heard this and were like, oh, that explains a lot. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. I love that. Well, I hope, (laughs) I hope all the, all the great memories from, uh, from college and all the, all the great grades you got because, because you, you were able to cram successfully uh, at that age. <laughs> I hope those all uh, come back to you as you as you pass your school. That's thank so you, thank you, Coach Josh. Well, look at that. We're an hour deep. Thank you so much for joining us today on your likely final long training run of this TCS New York City Marathon cycle. Ooh, so exciting. And if you did just finish up that final long run, congratulations. Uh, And if you still have some more miles, minutes, kilometers to run, good luck. We know you've got this. I'm Coach Josh. And I'm Coach Daphne. And we will be back next week on New York Roadrunners Coaching Lab Long Run Radio. Bye.